Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. I got a special treat for you today that I think you'll enjoy. Today's episode is an extended excerpt from a private lesson with a student of mine who's a professional tarot reader. She is very good at what she does, but she wanted to take her readings to a new level. We covered several techniques that you'll find in Advanced Tarot Secrets, so if you haven't read ATS yet, please hop on over to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or maybe the Book Depository if you live outside of uh, Europe or the United States and they have free shipping. But get yourself a copy. This is seriously advanced stuff and I want you to master it because it'll help you stand out from every other reader that you meet. Now, I haven't been making any new podcasts or videos over the past couple of months because I've been building a secret project for you guys. I'm completely revamping EasyTarotLessons.com and I need you to do me one small favor. I try not to ask you for a lot, but please do this one. Stop what you're doing and just take a moment and jump on over to EasyTarotLessons.com and sign up for our free tarot lessons. There's no gimmicks. We'll never spam you. But sometime between Halloween and Christmas, we're going to be pulling back the curtain on this new site. And I want you to be the first ones in to get all of our free lessons our quizzes, tests, exams, fun games, study buddies, forums. Consider that as much as I can tell you right now. So with that out of the way, let's go ahead and get into today's lesson and make sure you take notes. And if you have any questions or comments, please leave a comment and share your thoughts and I will absolutely get back to you. Thanks for being here. Great. I'm trying out this new headset to see if I can get a better sound recording. I don't like, I don't like headsets. But, you know, I got to grow up and get in the real world and professional audio means you got to have those stupid things on your ears and make me makes me feel like an Eskimo. <laughs> Especially uh, if you have the, the big kind that goes over your ears. Yeah, they're, they're big, puffy, marshmallowy things. And, um, imagine imagine the size of a regular McDonald's hamburger and just a, no, a double double cheeseburger. I have a double cheeseburger on each. Hey, I look like Princess Leia. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, let's have some fun today. Um, now, just to get some things out of the way, have you read either one of my books? And if so, are you, how far are you in on them? Um, I've, I've ordered both of them because I wanted to improve my skills. I, I've actually been a professional tarot reader for, for some time, mm -hmm. you know, mixed in with, with my other occult and other concerns i'm a root worker i i did hoodoo excellent and Ex that, oh you've got some friends here <laughs> and and um i just you know after reading your books uh, after especially the, the first book the, the easiest to row yeah uh, that thing yeah, <laughs> the white book the, the, the easiest the easiest to row one uh, um I, I just found out okay maybe some of my skills need to be shored up a little bit even though uh, my clients seem to like what what I've done. I just know that, especially going through um, your advanced tarot book, I haven't gotten as far in that one yet. Because I thought, okay, let me finish the first one and then I'll go to the second one. But then when you mentioned when you mentioned look at the advanced tarot book, I said, okay, well, let me see what's going on. And there's so much in there. I'm going, wow. Yeah, I wrote that book mostly for people who want to go professional. Or, even if they never want to read for someone else, I want them to have the skills to be their own client or their own counselor. And in hindsight, sometimes I wish that I could have worked in the four-pass technique into the first book. But there gets to a point where you ask yourself, how much of this is just too much to throw at people all at once? But... I respect all of your hands-on experience because there's nothing like hands-on experience with the cards. Even if you never read any books or study from anyone, as much as book knowledge is really good and it's extremely valuable to know what have been the traditional meanings, how do we get to this point? That being said, there is no substitute for hands-on practice. So with all of your experience, you've trained your intuition. You've built up a dialogue with the cards. Because you used the cards as a tool to open your intuition, to be able to guide you exactly to the answers that your clients need. Absolutely, yeah. 
So this is all good, and this is wonderful. So what we want to do is take some of the stuff from Advanced Tarot Secrets and just take you up to that level where you're really getting three to five times more information than you got before. Because in business, they say you're leaving money on the table. Mm -hmm. So in this sense, we're leaving information on the table. And, of course, your clients, their eyes will buck out and go, wow, how did you do that? And you say, uh, ancient Chinese secret. <laughs> so absolutely, let's jump into this. Is there anything specifically you'd like to start with? Um, mostly just learning how to, to not just go through the meanings of the cards and then explain what I'm, I'm getting out of it because that, I, I feel like that's been a weakness as of late. And I'm, I'm remembering um, j just a casual thing I, I did a while back, actually last Christmas. There's a local drag queen that I go to his house for, for the holidays. He, he opens his house to his friends and whoever he screens first, of course, and, and comes in. And, and I've, I've, done, I've gone there two years and just did readings for him and his friends. And with this particular guy, I mean, I, I like him a lot. He's, he's very active around here. The, the last couple of times I did readings for him, I've, I've had to, like, re-throw the cards two or three times because I could not read him. I blame myself partly because I was trying to do the straight cold reading, not asking a lot of questions or just asking very general questions. And I know that was my mistake. Yeah, you'll hear me a lot just rant about how I hate cold readings. Our job is not to prove ourselves to people. Our job is to help people get results. And if someone prefers giving cold readings and they've got a track record where they're always 100% accurate, well, you know what, then we'll write a book about them because it's a damn fairy tale. Mm -hmm. What I've found out in the real world is that, well, I'll give you an example. This is nothing against, this is not classism at all because I hate classism. But what I found out is that people who come in and throw some serious money on the table, they will say, I'm planning this, I'm doing this, I know what I'd like, I want to know how it will work out, and should I worry about this son of a bitch over here, and what about that bastard? And they'll come at you and go, bippity-boppity-bop, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> this person knows what they want to know. And so you, you take it all in, and you're a little bit nervous, and the next thing you know, you're you're in a zone, and you get to the end, and like an hour and a half later, you're spent, you're like, oh, I'm tired. And you look back and you go, wow, that was the best reading of my life. And then five minutes later, somebody will come in and go, oh, I saw your free ad for like $5 special. Here's my $5. Just tell me anything. And and you go and you just choke. It's like, you know, so. It's like working. It's like being an actor without a script. Yeah, absolutely. Or without improv training. If, if you have no idea where to start. You're a clownfish. Tell me a joke. It's like, uh, <laughs> but on the other hand, um, like a professional comedian uh, will be able to walk into a situation, analyze the situation and go, hey, guess what? And they'll comment on an existing situation. It's funny. But if you lock that person in a, in a, in a solid white room that, that's you know, completely sterile and say, be funny. All of a sudden, you've not put them in an environment where they have something to work off of. And this is where it gets really sticky. If it weren't for people that, if it weren't for the charlatans, you know, hey, everybody in the audience, I'm getting an R. Does anybody have an R? It's like, oh, my name is Robert. Yes, I'm Robert. I, you know, if it weren't for the Madame Cleos of the world and that kind of stuff, um, our life would be a lot easier. But we have to find a balance. Yeah, that, that, that was the biggest reason I got out of out of root work after a while because the, the charlatans would ruin it for me because I would do analysis with the tarot with, with the person before we did any other occult work. And nine times out of ten, they, they ran into the people that charged them seven, nine hundred thousand dollars and just ran with it. Yeah, yeah. And we do need to get information. It's no different than anything else. The thing is our brains are tiny compared to the amount of knowledge that is available to us that's out there. So we can only process so much information and to be able to narrow down our psychic focus, focus to the individual in front of us and the question and circumstance 
it doesn't work like we see in the movies where you just walk in and, oh, I see these things. Somebody has to come to us and say, look, I'm dating this person. I want this person and I want to get away with it. Now we have something to work with. I mean, ethics aside, I, mm. I'm just using that as an example of mm. now we know what we need to tune in on. It's it's kind of like a, a radio station. Uh, you got to see how to spin that dial. If you're on the wrong end of the dial, you're going to get static. Um, and you know, you know, we got to shuffle the cards until the moment's just right. So we don't need to fish for all of the information which we regurgitate back to them, but we do need to establish a psychological and a psychic bond. And once we do that, then we can get all of this information out of the cards, which is right there waiting for us. So I wanted to say for you specifically, and this probably worked for a lot of people, matter of fact, I believe it will, but this is highly specific advice for you. Taking all of your experience, all of your knowledge of how the cards work, the dialogue that you have, continue doing as you normally do. Let me add a caveat. Have you had a chance to read in advanced tarot secrets the pre-spread mental walkthrough technique? Not yet. I was actually walk, um, piecing through the beginning and then I skipped ahead to um, the four-pass technique. Right. And what what else was I reading? There was something because you mentioned specifically about how how to read the story and and how to um, walk the person through and and how to use the the different exercises that you learned in in the first book to facilitate that process. Okay, well let me break down advanced tarot secrets real quick. The first part is a bunch of new exercises and games that mm -hmm. build off of the first book. And this is just skill training. A lot of this you may be able to have fun with or completely ignore because you've already been doing this for so long. Although they are kind of funny, you might find some, some real value out of them. All of the exercises in the basic book and the first book are designed to simulate what you do every time you give a reading. But for brand new people, you know, it gets them used to understanding we're moving from card to card to card. So it's not just like this card and then this card and then this card and <laughs> blending cards and whatnot. Okay, so there's that. Then we get into advanced spread basics. I think that's where we talk about the pre-spread mental walkthrough. So let me guide you real quick. Just in case you're not doing this now, this is a little bit more work, but it really pays off. I come to you and I say... Um, Okay, there's a secretary at work. I'm in love with her. I need to get her. Uh, I need to get her attention and make her like me. So you're shuffling your cards. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you're discussing with me. So you're really finding out what I really want to know, not just the words that are coming out of my mouth. Because one thing you know, because you've been through this before, somebody walks in. A lot of times, they're not going to tell you what they really want to know. They're either afraid of you or they expect you to know something or they're hiding something. So the words that they'll give you the, at first, well, there's this girl that I like. You know, Never mind the fact that I'm married. You know, Never mind the fact that she's married. Maybe some of these things don't necessarily need to be said, but some of these things do come out. Some of these things really allow you to just grab a hold of the situation and all of a sudden everything becomes clear. So before I go any farther, just want to make sure I'm I'm not just making stuff up. Have you had situations in the past where you've had friends, family, clients come in and it, you find out after about five minutes that what they walked in and asked for the first place was nowhere near really what they wanted to know? Oh, absolutely. Uh, several clients have, have been that way when, when, they, when they walk in with a question. Um, Sometimes the the reading the, the reading doesn't go forward because when I go through through the question questioning process I, I find out well they're they're not really serious or they they haven't really thought through the question um, the, this one woman uh, you know I won't give details but she's she's like well I manifested this person and I'm like okay this is nice how how did you do that well I did this and then I I had my DNA reactivated I'm like what. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, I it I sounds official, so therefore it has to be true, yeah, right? It, yeah, I'm just like, okay, yeah. After we go through the thing and finding out she was one of the people that got like utterly scammed, it's a very sad thing. It, it, you know, I I did 
I said, you know, let me just do a free card throw for this and, and just goes to your original question of, of this guy. It's like you're doing all this stuff, but you're not really thinking about this. You're just trying to force this guy into your life, and you, you have you have no connection whatsoever. So basically the cards are like, nope. Yeah. I forget, but it was like some swords and some reverse cards, and it was – it was basically a no. Yeah, and you got yourself a nice, clear question. So let's go back to this. You are familiar with the, uh, it's almost like an interview process. We really, uh, while we're talking to our clients, we're kind of playing with our cards subconsciously. We're kind of doing a number of things. We're shuffling the energy into the cards. We are randomizing the cards because obviously they, they can't just be the same cards they had from the, the previous reading. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But also, we're developing a psychological and uh, a light psychic bond with our client, which makes it a lot easier to give them the information that they absolutely need and can act on, rather than saying, oh, don't tell me anything because I'm all powerful and I will just throw out some cards, and you never really know if that's the connection. So at that point, this is all what I call pre-spread work. I've drawn a line psychologically where when the cards hit the table, that is post-spread work. Because once the cards are on the table, that's it. Everything up to the cards being on the table. You are developing the question that you are asking. No matter what your client says, it's really the question that you ask. And the gods turn around and, and they say, okay, this is how we are going to answer that question to get your intuition to know the right words to say. So this is where the pre-spread mental walkthrough comes through. And you don't really need it all the time. But especially if you have... For example, your friend or client who you're having a hard time reading for. Yes, yes. This is wonderful. So I'm just going to phrase this in the terms of the Celtic cross because it's ubiquitous. So whether you use this spread or any other spread, but using the Celtic cross is, is just an example. So you're okay. shuffling. You kind of know what it is that you want to ask. And you might even still be forming the questions. And you tell your, your friend or client, you know what, I just need a moment or two of silence. Or you can, yeah, but I'm not really going to listen. However you want to phrase it politely. But what you want is a few few seconds, probably actually about two or three minutes to yourself. So you're shuffling and we're envisioning the cards on the table. Or we're envisioning the card positions. So for example, um, let me just uh, throw together. Such, oh yeah, I want to date this person. So we've got cards one and two. You know, here's uh, here's our picnic. Card one is our picnic. Card two crosses. You know, it shows us the circumstances of the picnic. You know, I'm on a picnic, but it's raining. I'm on the picnic, but uh, there's a lot of people there. I'm on a picnic and have a great time. You know, that's kind of the here and now. And we can move that here and now to the future, to the past uh, again. We are not stuck in time, but that's our focal point. That's the here and now thing. And then, so we're going through that. We're saying, okay, then how do we get here? Card three, uh, what recent events have happened that really I need to know about that apply to this and then maybe the weather forecast what's going to happen next and then of course jumping to card 10 the final outcome and then the, the 789 how people are feeling about it and what their responses are what their input is because that will shape the outcome and that'll let people know uh, let you know based on the outcome was this what people wanted was it what they were afraid of so all of this stuff rather than just thinking in generic terms pre-spread mental walkthrough is you go okay so dusty wants to meet this woman and uh i'm getting the sense that there's something something not quite right so you know you're gonna... so i mean you might even do a little verification card you crack the deck open you kind of peek at it and go are you married oh yeah oh no judgment so you're married you want to meet this other person yeah, is that wrong? No, no. Well, I, again, my job is to give you answers here, not to ha because you don't want your client to all of a sudden clam up and start hiding and lying to you. And one of the things I, I absolutely hate is when you're giving a really good reading, you just think you're on fire and your client's like, nope, 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 nope. And then five minutes later, they turn around and tell you the same exact thing you said, but in their own words, as if you'd never said it. So we don't want our clients. I know you've had that happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we don't want to encourage bad behavior. We're obviously not here to lead our clients or trick our clients, but we want our clients to feel 
as if they're in a confessional because if we're going to give them information that is really going to make a big difference in their life, we have to fight their dishonesty. We have to encourage them to be open and free and then we, of course, try to give the information as non-judgmentally as we can as it's a human failing. And then they take that information and they do with it as they will. And then, of course, things like morals, ethics, standards, that is important, but that's not part of the process itself. And I'm, what I want to talk about is the process here. So pre-spread mental walkthrough. So you're going through and you're envisioning the card positions and how they will shape whatever card shows up. Because we're kind of clarifying our questions to the gods. So for example, uh, you might say, you know what? You know, it's the season. Let's let's talk to Papa Legba. Let's say, hey, 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 Pops, <laughs> I need to know. I need a little advice here. This joker's trying to scam on the secretary. You know what? I will never be involved in this. I can't say either way, but let's try to figure out what's going on here. How is this going to work out? Is it going to blow up in his face? Can you give me some information? Now, see what I've done is I've used the Celtic cross as an overview spread. So I've said, what's going on? Is this going to blow up in his face? Is this going to work? Because I know that cards 7, 8, and 9 are going to represent the emotions and the input of other people. Now, have you read any? If you read up on what I call the spread protagonist? Uh, no, I have not. Oh, you're gonna love this technique, and I'm sure you've probably done it without. I I invented fancy terminology, but when we're in the real world, it just becomes organic. So, a spread protagonist. Let's say, let's change the question. Client walks in, wants to know why her boyfriend won't propose. It seems natural for us to read from her perspective. But what if we changed all that? What if we said, you know what? Let's look at the relationship from your boyfriend's point of view. So now the spread is about him. Well, that shows us that we want to look at the relationship from his perspective and what is holding him back from proposing and what is going to be the natural outcome of the situation. Because again, if we're looking at a Celtic cross, we have to phrase it so we're really asking an overview question. Well, cards seven and nine, as we go through our, our uh pre-spread mental walkthrough, we have assigned him as the spread protagonist, so we are seeing the world through his eyes. I mean, it's nice to know her point of view, but her point of view doesn't isn't what's, what's making this work or not. The question is, what's wrong with this guy that he, you know, we need to get inside his head and, and answer the question why he isn't. Well, great. The Celtic Cross is great for that. So in cards three and four, you know, the, the ones that have happened in the past or the foundational, was he abused by mm-hmm. his mom? Has he always been dumped? Do you know, does he have some kind of baggage? Or we find out that he's secret, you know, he's got a secret desire for a big, huge wedding, and he's very secretive. And then we find out in cards seven and nine, this is what he's afraid of, this is what he wants. Well, he's afraid of commitment, and he wants to be a rock star. Well, now we know, no matter what the outcome is, we know where his mindset is. We know how this is going to be continuing on through the relationship, whether she shoves a ring on his finger or, or he does it himself. On the other hand, if he has some fairy tale prince white knight complex, that'll show up in cards seven and nine. So the spread protagonist allows us to switch who or what perspective we're doing the reading from and so the pre-spread mental walkthrough we're combining the two things together is we're going through the cards we go okay so cards three and four that's going to tell us i want to know hey pops i want to know what's how did he get into this relationship and and what is it about this relationship that's driving him forward or pushing him away and again cards one and two will show where he is right now you know it's like Oh, man, I feel trapped or, oh, I'm the happiest guy in the world, but I'm afraid of my girlfriend. And card five will show us an outlook, you know, like what he believes will happen. And so we don't just get an uh, an outcome. And I love card eight because card eight, at least in the version of the Celtic cross that I learned that I teach, shows other people's influence. And this is where the pre-spread mental walkthrough is worth its weight in gold. You can, as you're going through your pre-spread mock to walk through, you can say, hey, Pops, I, I mean, you wouldn't use all these words, but I will explain it in lots of words. You can say, hey, Pops, I realize that card eight shows the other people's influence. I don't care about that. I want to know what kind of pressure 
is she putting on him? She she would be represented by card eight. Right, because even though we're reading it from him, now you're really getting what's not being told. You know, is she being supportive or is she like, wah, 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 wah. And it could be positive, could be negative. Maybe she's seeing things very clearly. Maybe she has a plan. Maybe she's got a fairy tale version. And then you can compare card seven and nine. You can compare him to card eight. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, on the other hand, Let's say that you feel very comfortable. Maybe maybe it's your friend. You know your friend. Card eight doesn't need to represent her. Let's say you say, who's putting pressure on him? And what kind of pressure are they putting on him? Or you might have been, you know, she might tell you about his friends. And you could say, hey, you know what? Hey, Pops, card eight, I want you to show me what kind of pressure his dopey friends are putting on him. Because his dopey friends might be going, oh, ball and chain. Or, or they might be going, wow, she's hot. If you don't want her, I do. So by understanding what pressures he, he's under that are shaping his opinions in cards seven and nine, the information we can give is exponentially better. But it all comes down to the pre-spread mental walkthrough where we don't just have to use the generic card positions. And this is where we get into really advanced stuff. Mm -hmm. Is... We can say, in this particular spread, I want card seven to show me why he's not committing, because, you know, negative associations. Or I can say, what is he afraid of as far as this relationship? Because he may be afraid of losing her, or he may be afraid of commitment, or he may be afraid, I'm not man enough. And so that little simple pre-spread mental walkthrough while we're shuffling is the equivalent of us making a wish. I want a pony. Oh, 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 okay, so I want a pony and a saddle, and I want everybody to love me that I have a pony, and they don't, and I want... And I want to be jeweled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So our pre-spread mental walkthrough allows us to really just be pretty, pretty princess. I want what I want, because we haven't made the agreement. This is kind of... I like to say we make a compact with the gods. A compact is generally an agreement between nations. So... We're saying, hey, hey, Pops, I'm going to ask, you're going to answer. End of story. That's the agreement. No selling souls, no anything, you know. You, I'm going to ask, you're going to answer. Or, or, or no, no, if you please, and, and can I obey myself? <laughs> oh, I, I, again, I imagine, I'm going to put this in monotheistic terms, because a lot of my audience is monotheistic. Mm -hmm. God hates beggars. <laughs> What is faith? Faith is like, I want this. And, and you know, you need to just say, this is the way it's going to be. Because that's what faith is. Faith keeps, seems to think that it's like something doesn't happen, so you keep believing. No, that's not faith. It's, it's written everywhere. It's written in all the major scriptures and even some of the minor ones. Faith means you say, hey, whoever's out there. I'm going to be walking over here, and you're going to put this thing in my way that's exactly what I want. That's what faith is. And that, so, that, I was, yeah, I was taught a little bit of that in, in my, I, I call it my base religion, mm -hmm. e even though I was raised Baptist. I, I actually was in religious science, science of mind. Cool. And their science, their science of mind treatment is basically the, the most driest, logical way of saying, I have faith, and this is going to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that if we can get more people to believe that, people uh, pe just just try it out. People will get great results. And uh, But this doubt and this whiny, it's like, oh, God. I, I just imagine, uh, imagine the gods going, oh, God. Here it comes again. Wah. Hey, do you want to get that? No, no, no. I've had 15 already today. And then I'll make a whole bunch of empty promises that I'll never fulfill. Pretty much. So our pre-spread mental walkthrough is just like, okay, we've got this, this spread protagonist, pre-spread mental walkthrough. Those are two different techniques. They're all fully explained in uh, advanced tarot secrets. You can probably even like go through the index. and, But those, I think, combined with what you are already doing well, I think this will really turbocharge your stuff. Now, there's a couple of other things involved in the pre-spread, but we're going to jump to the other side of the fence. Okay. So the cards are on the table. Now, this works for divination or manifestation, and I split the tarot into two camps. We've got divination, I'm asking, and manifestation, I'm telling, and using the cards to shape the outcome that I want. So this works for both of them. But post-spread work, 
call it what you will. Mm-hmm. Post spread work. What I'd like you to do is, and I'm hoping this answers your question previously, make sure your client is quiet and relaxed and give yourself a moment to just gloss over the spread. Let's say about like 30 seconds to a minute. You're just absorbing the cards and we're seeing if any of them pop out at you because sometimes given the nature of the question you ask based on the circumstance that your client is dictating, some cards will just jump out at you and they may not be the major cards. It may be like, oh, give me a card like the... um, like the six of coins or the seven of coins, just kind of a mundane humdrum card that you're like, okay, it has meaning, but it doesn't have power. Like, bam, it's the devil or, ooh, it's the tower. You know, the, the movie, the cards we see in the movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, all, all the scary ones. Yeah, you know, right? Or the lovers, oh, God. You know, we're brainwashing people to look for sensationalism. So you'll see a mundane card, but wow, it just like, oh, my God, this answers everything. So we need to kind of just allow that to wash over us, kind of like getting our paycheck. Oh, I've been paid. Okay, okay. Just, before we start spending our money, we just kind of go, oh, yeah, I've been paid. So we, we get our sanity back because there's nothing like an onrush of, uh, of new stimulus to throw us off. So we kind of get that. Now, I would prefer that you just kind of work your way card through card. And there's a technique that I introduce in Advanced Tarot Secrets. I call it taping a meaning down. It's playing off the idea of, uh, or playing off the colloquialisms of nailing something down, or this is set in stone. And I like to use the con, uh, the um, the analogy of a, of a post-it note. Uh, I have one in my hand. It's a little piece of paper, and it's got this really crappy glue on the back. You know, it's just enough to stick. And then hopefully you can pick it up and stick it back in. So in other words, you can just kind of reposition it. So that's what I mean by taping meanings down. So your first pass through, you're doing what most people read. You're going, okay, this is here, 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 and you're talking to your client. And you're not really doing a lot of blending or anything. Now, you don't necessarily have to do this formulaically, but in when I teach people, I break it down into four different passes. And this way, everything gets covered. And as people evolve, like you'll look at this technique and you really just mix and match. But our first pass, just for sake of clarity, we're doing what most people do. You read card to card to card to card. And you're getting a little information. You're giving some information. You're clarifying. You're saying, does this make sense? Why, well, yes, it does. Oh, it makes sense. Okay, good. And you're moving through. And what you're really doing is that first pass through, you now understand all 10 cards. I mean, you understand how you have 10 advisors reporting in from Sector 7 and Sector 6 and Sector 1 telling you what's going on in your little empire. Okay, that's great. Now we go into management mode. Past 2, we start looking at patterns. How many swords? How many reversals? How many minors? Does anything really jump out at you? Like, wow, 9 out of 10 cards are reversed. Okay, well, there you go. You know, we have a very negative weight or we have a situation where people are just not seeing it it properly. We see a whole bunch of swords. Ah, you know, we see a whole bunch of cups. Oh, my God, get a grip on reality. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, I do actually do that particular step organically when when I lay out the cards. I'm like, oh, okay, we we have a lot of karmic stuff happening because we have a lot of majors out or... Or this this is a very heavy feelings card. You're you're deep into your feelings because you you have like five, six, seven uh, cups out here. Or this is a concern. Or you, you have a lot of people interfering or something like that. When when I see a lot of court cards. Now we don't want that to overshadow going through each card because again we want to data mine. We want to we want to get so much information out of these cards that when we're done. They're they're just scraps of paper without images on them. We have sucked up all that information. It's like, damn, I got to get a new deck because they're all just blank now. Um, so I like that. Now, if you're not doing it, if you are, great. But if you're not, I'm uh, assume I'm going to describe it as if you're not. Um, so we card individual cards, absolutely patterns. Past three is one of my favorites. This is where we look at the hidden spreads, and a lot of this is kind of intuitive. If we're looking at the at the Celtic cross, well, we have a past, present, future spread right in front of us. Card four, cards one and two, which we read together, and card six. This has happened. This is happening. This is the next thing that's going to happen. 
if we isolate that and we just look at those, we get a little bit more clarity. And then if we go four, five, six, and ten, well, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, <laughs> but it's going to turn out like this. Ah, yeah. Because then if you see that four, five, six, and ten line up, you're like, yay. If you see four, five, six, and then suddenly you take a, a right turn at ten, you're like, you know what? You've been trained to do this. This is going on. This is going to happen, and it's going to blow up in your face. Or if we go four, five, six, and ten, you know, we've got what has happened and what we're projecting. And again, what we're projecting based on our experiences. I like cards five and ten because I may expect card five, I'm expecting to get paid on Friday. Card ten, I get paid on Friday. Well, okay, we have congruity. Everything worked out well. I expect to get paid on Friday. <laughs> card ten, you ain't going to get paid on Friday. <laughs> it's not just a matter of didn't get paid on Friday. I planned on getting paid on Friday. I have organized my finances that way. I started making promises to people. <laughs> Hit me up on Friday. So all of a sudden, that end result card, now we see it in context because we see what my expectation was. And now we really understand our client's this scenario. We, we understand what they're going through. And especially when you compare like cards 7 and 9 to 10. So I've got a list of hidden spreads in there, and you you know I'm, there may be a couple of them that I missed. But we got the past, present, future, bumpy ride, smooth ride. One of the things I like to do is like I like comparing cards seven and nine to card six, and then separately seven and nine to card ten because yeah, card ten is the arbiter. That's the thing that happens. But if we see seven versus nine, just those two apart, which is stronger, your client's fears? or their greed, or their ambition, or their positive happy feelings, or their negative associations. You know, so if you have a negative card in uh, card nine, it's like, oh man, I'm just, I'm depressed, man. I, I can't, I can't raise myself to that level. I'm, I have too many doubts. And then you have a really strong card in card seven. Well, now you got somebody who's so negative that they're led around by their fears. You say, well, Ideally, card nine would be super optimistic and card seven would be something trivial, but that's not the way life works. And so if you compare that to card six, go, well, this is factually six is the next thing that's going to happen. But it's funny, it's life isn't about what happens to us. It's how we respond to it. Oh, look, I'm in a relationship. Oh, I hate being in a relationship. I can't go out anymore. It's like, well, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, so these little things where, and I, and I segregated them so that the students can learn, and then, of course, you can mix. But when you start doing your patterns and your, um, and your hidden spreads, those first three passes are all information gathering. The problem is at this point, your client is so impressed with you, but they got facts and figures and things swimming around in their head. So pass four is where we just breathe, relax, and then we roll up our sleeves and go, watch the magic happen. And we go, and we just go, you know, this is going to happen, and then this is going to happen, and because this over here. So we weave the story together. We take all of those little facts and figures, and we lay it out to them in a, like a novel, you know, in a nice way that they can understand everything that we've said because we just send them home without pass forward we just give them a whole bunch of tidbits they'll remember this and they'll remember that but they won't remember this and we're really doing them a disservice so this is the kind of stuff that i believe will help you with your skills and your ability take everything you're doing and fine-tune it so that at the end of the day you've got three to five times more information out of that spread and your clients are walking away. I mean, they're scribbling down notes going, wow, because you want your clients to walk around going, that lady gave me the most amazing reading. They will always come back to you. You will protect them from going to charlatans and the word of mouth will spread. And plus you sleep better at night going, yeah, that's right. I did pretty good. <laughs> and 50% tips, 100% tips. I'm not going to lie. That feels good. <laughs> I, I, I'm down for that. Absolutely. And when you look at it this way, when you move into manifestation, using all of those techniques, you'll see, you say, okay, I know what I want. You start pulling out cards and you're like, this is a good thing. Use all of this as a, uh, like a quality analysis of your manifestation spread. Think of manifestation 
as a radio broadcast before you hit that microphone you want to you know, la 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 make sure your voice is good you got your script you've got your little commercial jingles all set up i i'm assuming you're doing a radio show you don't just go out there and go hey everybody i'm on the air boy what are we going to do uh somebody call in and we'll talk about anything you know people are going oh, this is boring so when you do your manifestation before you send out that that spell work or that blast i have a hard fast rule and that's if what you're doing works, meaning, you know, the short version is what you're doing works, but the, mm. the hidden meaning is it provides it provides consistent, reliable results for you and your clients, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So if what you're doing works, you're right. So this allows us to tweak and stretch and, and not necessarily be forced into a box and allows us to use our own experiences, beliefs, and culture to get the results we need, because that's really all we're, all we're down to. I mean, uh, Arthur C. Clarke said it the best. He said, any sufficiently advanced technology is equivalent to magic. And, of course, I retort, unfortunately, after the guy's dead, magic is nothing more than a fancy word for sufficiently advanced technology we haven't had our scientists decipher and analyze yet. The point is, if it works, do it. If you can't label and analyze it, take a deep breath, realize that your brain is only that big, universes are much bigger do what works enjoy the results research as you go along so i like what you're doing and i like the way that you know we're able to have this conversation and understand that it's really cool to be able to see slightly different variations you know people's different belief systems but we're all really moving in the same direction we're trying to get positive results for ourselves and, and other people well, yeah, absolutely. It's like my, my, my thing, especially because I, I mentioned earlier that I was now studying the one JJ Swiss Tarot cards, the ones that were that are pre-Rider Waite. Yes. Because I wanted to challenge myself on just reading the pips and to get deeper into my intuition and to pay, pay attention to that more and, and giving more information to... Uh, my clients than just saying, okay, this picture means this, and, and you know, do you know what this means, and, and, and that sort of thing. Just, just really being able to get in and get into the meeting and give more meat to my clients. So I'm, I'm really appreciative of the time that we're spending on this. Well, see, now that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because I like to think that the tarot, until my astrological deck finally comes out, it's only been like 22 years. <laughs> but until such a point, I think the tarot is the best tool for developing one's intuition. Now, to be able to access that, we have to have proper techniques. Hopefully, my books have taught these techniques, well, independent of what format you use. As long as you're doing the exercises properly, I believe that the tarot is the best tool for developing intuition. The beauty of the images is that it gives us a little extra information. I used to be huge into cartomancy, but I found personally it to be a bit constrictive for me, I guess because I'm a very visual person. But generically speaking, when we're reading a tarot card, we have a choice. We can take the traditional meaning, we can take the image, we can take something about that image that sparks us. And so we have a number of things, or we can you know, make up a copalistic meaning or, an, or a numerological meaning. And these have weight if they work for you, but they're not requisite knowledge that everyone has to, to follow because Ultimately, I'd like you to look at it this way. No matter what deck you're using, there's only 78 cards. Now, if we get too stuck in Kabbalistic meanings or numerological meanings or key words and phrases, we've got 78 words in our vocabulary. We've, uh, we've got 78 meanings. You know, the tarot is a language. It, uh, we have a dialogue with our cards. Now, if we add reversals, which everyone should, now we've got 156 words. Well, the average, uh, at least American, I, I, I wish I knew the global statistics, but I do know the average American adult is rumored, you know, again, we're trying to narrow this down, but the best uh, or, or the most accurate information that I have says between five and 10,000 words comprise the average adult's vocabulary. And then, of course, like super smart people who just love words might creep up to twelve or 15,000 words. 
Okay, if I had 78 words to describe everything that could possibly happen over the course of time, because that's how we're using tarot is we're saying, I need answers, and therefore these cards have to describe every possible thing that could happen. Well, if I had 78 words, you know, instead of going, well, okay, I see that uh, you're hungry for pizza, but there's not pizza because they closed down the Pizza Hut and you got to go to 7-Eleven. You're like, oh, that's a slice of it. <laughs> instead of being able to say that, it's like, card one, you, aren't you hungry? You hungry. <laughs> Yay, give me $500. <laughs> it's like, what? You, you know? are hungry, so there it is. Yeah, yeah, so uh, that's your problem. You're hungry. I know I'm hungry. So now there's the phrase, a picture is worth a thousand words. That came from one of two sources, and I think one of them was uh, an advertisement said, one look is worth a thousand words. And then I forget the other one. A picture speaks volumes. But this got, they got crammed together into the modern cliche. But if you think about this, let's pretend for a moment that an image was worth a thousand words. Well, that takes our... 156 word vocabulary to 156,000 word vocabulary. Now we're talking. Now, this isn't to negate the value of any French, Swiss, German, or, you know, pre-1909 tarot deck or, or decks that did come afterwards but were not influenced by the right or right. Whether or not they have the pip cards illustrated in, uh, in scenes even just something about the number shape of the batons and uh, spades or swords or whatever it is that they call them, you know, acorns and bells. If there's something about that color and ink that sparks our intuition, it is my belief that we shuffle the cards. We, we, the, I like to use the phrase, we shuffle the cu- question into the cards. Now, you and I know the cards just scraps of paper with ink on them but there's that mindset i'm shuffling the question into the cards okay that puts us in some kind of mindset again here's where we go well we can't really explain the scientific details but this is what works okay so i'm shuffling the questions in the cards i'm focusing my energy and i'm opening the back of my head and it's going okay because this is where i, I imagine that all the information is coming from and and it's processing through the front so I'm like, oh, okay, I'm shuffling, shuffling, asking, oh, ding, okay. Now I flop the cards out and I breathe and I look at each card and part of me logically will say, well, this card position has hair and it means this. And of course, traditionally, you know, so I got that little nerd inside my head. But um, <laughs> I teach my students, and I think you might like this, even though you, you like obviously are well beyond this, but it's kind of fun to, if you want to ever teach somebody how to use the tarot, it's like the essence or the secret, if there was one secret to reading the tarot, we look at the fool card. Because uh, you know this because you've channeled before. Imagine that little yappy dog. That's our conscious voice. Yap, 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 yap. Doubt, doubt, doubt. Logic, logic, logic. Bias, bias. I'm hungry. You know, details of the day. All them stuff we call Maya. Or the minding the details. But what about this? What about that? What about this? Right. And then the fool is us going, wee. You know, I'm reading the tarot. I'm going to look into the future. I'm just going to open my mouth and whatever comes out. Now, this doesn't, uh, I don't like it when people say I'm an intuitive reader, meaning I just say whatever comes out of my mouth. There are rules, and of course the whole point of tarot is you are an intuitive reader. You shouldn't be formulaic. If formula worked, somebody could write a computer program and probably would have already, and they'd put us all out of business. But computers can't make good tarot readers because they have no, they have no intuition. So... What you need to do is make that yappy dog really small and blow up the fool. You know, see how the fool is bigger than the yappy dog. You need to just be able to close your eyes and step off that cliff and know that there's a rainbow right there, you know, that that you're going to walk on. Or, or like Wiley e. Coyote, as long as, as long as he wasn't looking down, he could run off the cliff. It was like, oh no, when he put his hand down, it's like, that's when he was in trouble. So. In that sense, going back to, again, whether there are images or, or uh, you know, whether there are scenes or not on the cards, what I find works the best is we state our question, we throw the cards down, and we allow 
whatever that card is to smack us upside the head and go, in this particular situation, the traditional meaning goes right out the window. Uh, now, you've experienced something like this before, I'm sure, because you've got oh, a lot yeah, of experience, yeah, the, right? You know, Papa is the master troller. So, and any anything that that basically puts people out of their out of their element or, or just you know makes fun of them and gets and tries to get you to laugh at yourself he, he's a master of so yeah absolutely yes yes so just keeping that front and center in your head this really allows us to get so much better results to get so much more accurate and precise and again accuracy precision they're two different things but if we can just blend them together, wow, you know. So I want to take everything that you're already doing right and just kind of open the hood, tweak a few things, give you a nice little tune-up, and turn your Volvo into a Maserati. <laughs> I like that idea. Um, and because the results will be self-evident. Uh, again, you'll feel better about yourself. Um, as a matter of fact, you probably go, wow, and your clients would go insane. I, mean, I, I would love it. I, I mean, if I could get to the point where I could do this full time and not be an, an administrative assistant anymore, that, 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 that would be the dream right there. I hope this information helped. Is there anything else that you'd like to cover real quick before you jump out of here? Um, not that I can think of. This was a very fruitful session. I, I really enjoyed it. I appreciate that. What I'd like you to do is just do me a favor. Um, just take what we've talked about and give yourself a week and just really put this into that and and just see if you get better results. I think I think you don't need to change anything. I think if you just do, you know, throw in the pre-spread mental walkthrough, throw in some of those passes, stop everything, read advanced spread basics and skim through advanced spread techniques because advanced spread techniques we go through dowsing and manifestation and problem solving and brainstorming and story writing so you may just want to look at the four pass technique but just I want you to absorb the core material of that that you can incorporate into your readings right away and I want you to do it for your clients because I want their eyes to bug out and I want them to write testimonials for you and say Wow, this is really great. Because as good as you feel now, it's just going to feel so much nicer. And you know what? It might even be an extra little jingle in your pockets. It's, uh, you know, I, nobody in the world at all will argue that a little extra jingle in our pockets makes the day that much nicer. Uh, absolutely. No arguments here. Thank you so much for your time. All right, kiddies, that's the lesson for today. If you haven't done it already, I hate to nag, but please get over to EasyTarotLessons.com, take 30 seconds, and make sure you're getting all of our free audio, video, and written lessons. And sooner than you think, we will have a place where you can get your questions answered live. But you have to sign up for the free lessons to get that kind of access. See you next week.